All right, guys, before we get started, a little bit of business. I got to give a huge shout out to the YouTuber, Katie O'Shocknessy. Thank you for having me on your stream. It was so much fun to talk Walking Dead VFX. I really appreciate it. So check her stuff out. She's got a YouTube, does a lot of stuff for Walking Dead, big Walking Dead fan, does other shows too, has a Patreon. Please show her some love. Really appreciate it. She's given us a shout out. I got to give a really nice plug for the show on there. So please check out my interview with Katie O'Shaughnessy. Uh, you can find her on all sorts of uh, social media. It's medias. her interview with you, though. Yeah, she interviewed right? me because I'm a big shot. How Walking cool? Isn't Dead it cool to do that when you're like, because now you're not driving, right? You get yeah. to just do your own thing. It is fun. It's super fun. And I love talking yeah. to people who, you know, they, we live in an era where people get what VFX are. And they're like, mm -hmm. obviously the zombie's head exploding is VFX. But we were talking about like an episode where we did a blizzard. And I was like, and the people's breasts. And, it, and she was like, I guess I would have known that. But at the same time, holy shit, you never thought that. You never right. think every time somebody breathes in the cold, there's some artist that was like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, I kid you not, we're sitting there like mouthing out the phonemes. We're like, planet hello and you're trying to see like when you breathe the most to get that breath but um you know big big shout out to her thank you so much uh follow us on social media facebook instagram and twitter and launchpad pod and our website launchpadpod.com check us out you're gonna want to watch the youtube today i guarantee you because i'm in costume it's gonna be fun we're talking about a fun movie that i recently uh just saw for the first time and i'm very excited about this oh i, I don't think i realized it was your first time Oh, yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, so, Matt, there's really only one question before we get started. Who's the baddest? Ignition ah. <laughs> sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I am the Shogun of the Launchpad. Who's the baddest? Ah. <laughs> Room enough. <laughs> Room enough. Show enough. Uh, well, I'm dressed Dude, up today. I'm dressed up like show enough. I'm excited to talk about this. I We're talking about The Last Dragon today, guys. It's sometimes known as Barry Gordon. 1985. Yeah. Holy Tansu shit. So movie. Who knows what this is? It's so wild. Let me give you a little bit of background. I was, uh, we were filming, we were filming the last episode of Walking Dead recently, and um, Carrie Jones was on set. He he works for KMB. The last dragon episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes, Carrie Jones was on set. He works for KMB. Um, he's one of their, their you know big time guys there, and he is in a little show called Boba Fett as Black Chrysanthemum, <laughs> and he had a show enough shirt on and i was like i'm watching a ton of kung fu what what is that and he's like you don't know last dragon i was like no he's like you should watch it and i took his advice and holy shit i loved it kate loved it we had a blast with this movie man now i feel like saying a movie or a tv show or a something is like the 70s threw up or the 90s threw up or the 80s threw up that's like a, a a phrase that we it gets tossed around a lot lately. Gourmet. But this movie is the eighties, just fucking like it's everything is eighties, and it almost looks like it's an eighties party from the two thousands, where there's too much eighties, and you're like, yeah. guys, no nobody actually wore those outfits, 
But this movie was made in 1985 and it thought that everyone wore these outfits. <laughs> exactly. It thought that people talk like this. It thought that people did this. It really is like very genre bending and interesting, but it bends a lot of things. It's a huge 80s vibe. So is this a shitty movie? First off, fuck get, yeah. Yes, yes, it is. This is a gold star shitty movie. And this is something I want to talk to you about on air. I want to do a series of gold star shitty movies. Like, okay. Cause like, I think we are experts at crap. We are such experts of garbage. Um, masters <laughs> of trash. And this is a gold star. This is one that has the purest. Yeah, it has pure heart and it's so earnest. It truly thinks that it is making this awesome like kung fu flick. Are they doing all this on purpose? So now no, definitely not. They're not doing this on purpose. This is certainly and you could Look at our uh, our love letters to the movie. No, love letters to the movies. Our yeah, love letters to the movies episode. Our homage episode where we talk about how you can use one piece of medium to make an, a love letter to either the same or another piece of medium. This certainly is a almost like a slight black exploitation movie love letter to Bruce Asian Lee. kung fu movies, yeah. right? Bruce um, Lee specifically, this correct, movie, correct for sure. I think but it's the culture, literally right? just off screen has a boner for Bruce Lee the entire time. <laughs> and in it's fact, it's not it's not sheathed, right? They're definitely like they're making it clear that yeah, that's the case. In fact, there's a scene where a woman's trying to turn a man on by showing him Bruce Lee movies, and she's yes. like, "Yeah, is that hot?" And he's like, "And you know what yes. happens? It works." Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, to your to your question, I do I. I you're right. This movie is as pure of heart as it can be because all the things that we think are silly, I don't think they thought was silly. I think they were like, well, this is how a villain in 1985 fun movies act because this is an action movie bordering on superhero movie at the time, right? Like it wasn't a straight up Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Lundgren type of action movie. No, this was a little bit more goofy and tongue in cheek but not for the sake of it. That's just how Kung Fu is handled in the 70s and the 80s, especially in America, right? It's, it's very over the top, very tongue in cheek, um, but again, earnest. And and like you said, that that is, that is a big key. This movie is so, like it's trying to be so many things and it's also super influenced by um, 80s pop culture, as Matt said. So Barry Gordy's name is on here and- um, <laughs> For those, right at the top. Who, for those of you who don't know who Barry Gordy is, um, Barry Gordy created Motown, Motown Records. He basically pioneered all that shit. Jackson 5, Diana Ross, all that shit. Motown. I don't think Barry Gordy knew how to make a movie, and I don't think his involvement... <laughs> like, I've read various things where they're like, no, he just showed up with stars to be like, I'm making a movie, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, th- thanks, thanks for bringing a, a giant star to the set, but... um. Cool. See you later. What are we- like, yeah, he wasn't really involved with making this movie. Um, it's directed by Michael Schultz. Um, but like his name, Barry Gordy's name is all over this. And this soundtrack is a banger. And actually, like yeah. two songs on here were Billboard hits, Rhythm of the Night and The Last Dragon, which is hilarious. This is one of those movies, too, that when you listen to it, there's a ton of songs about the movie in it. Yes. There's a song about the glow, which is like the mystical, you know, Kung Fu force. There's a song about, be- there's multiple songs about being a dragon or the last dragon, right? There's so- multiple songs about fighting and not giving up and stuff. It is, <sighs> yeah. it's fun. I got to say though, I 
watching it was like, this will be fun. This would be more fun with Rumi for sure. Especially because you wrote me, you're like, I have a huge boner about this movie. Let's talk about it. So I went into it like ready. It didn't quite meet where I was hoping it would meet as far as shitty movie Sunday and boner. I don't think this is a gold star. I think this is a great example of a shitty movie Sunday. Um, for me, the thing that it's lacking is there were not so many times that I was either laughing at the movie or making jokes out loud like I do, which I will admit I was pushed when I watched this. So maybe it was on me. If you and I were there or me, first of you and I were there for anything, but if me at a shitty movie person were there cracking jokes at it, it would have been perfect. Yeah. But by myself, it was a little bit like, ah, oh, this would, this would be, this would benefit from more, uh, screamates screamates teammates yeah kate and i were ripping this movie apart and having a great time with it um it starts like it starts like an old shaw brothers movie and i've been watching tons of shaw brothers movies where it's like just the credits are rolling over um tiamat the guy who plays bruce leroy (laughs) (laughs) the 20 year old actor who had never acted before he was a martial artist though to his credit which nobody else in this fucking movie was so (laughs) He he was a martial artist. It's just him doing like kicks and doing a bunch of shit, like kung fu shit. He's doing poses and karate chopping and kicks. And, and he, he can, does like I don't know kung fu as well as you do, but I know Bruce Lee and Jun Kit Do pretty well. Yeah, at least on screen, his body and his motions and movements are real yeah. similar to Bruce Lee's. Like very similar. And there's like this bright light behind him, so you can see his dick through his pants. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but I guess that just shows who's looking at what movie. How <laughs> I watched it with my wife. She noticed first. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, he karate chops. Then she arrow. asked you kindly to stop rewinding it. <laughs> <laughs> he karate chops an arrow out of the air. That and that shot was real. That took him like yeah. five takes to do. And he karate chops an arrow out of the air. Fucking cool. Um, and then he's like, "Oh man, I'm awesome at my shit." And his his kung fu master guy is like. Time for you to hit the road, man. You've, you've, I've taught you all I can teach you. And he's like, but I haven't gotten that glow yet. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he gives him some like, I don't know, Kung Fu bullshit where he's like, you must go find it out in the world. And here's some clues and some cryptic BS. So get the hell out of here. And, and you got it. You did it. I'm so proud of you. And so he goes off into New York and it's a weird version of New York because kind of like in, um, Oh, what other movies do they do this in? Um, well, like people only care about like music videos and kung fu. That's the only two things that this New York cares about. Right. It's kind of like how in like I um you know there's movies where it's like everybody only cares about rock and roll and crime, and you're like, what New York is this? Like, is there no other neighborhood? Right, right, right. Like, or a sport have- like yeah. the movie. It's a sport movie, and all they're worried about is the sport, and yeah. everybody like it's on everyone's radar. Yeah, exactly. So it's like. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China is the same sort of thing. It's like there's only one. Mm-hmm. It's so focused on this one world that they've built, but everybody buys into it and they show you exactly what it is right up front. Uh, we meet Vanity, who she was supposed to be the star of Purple Rain, but she and Prince got in a fight and she was like, no, I'm going to do this much better movie, Last Dragon. And I'm going to go on on official and say dibs if we haven't already said that i'm saying dibs on hey she's a big star man good for her um and it's it's just a wild world they build it out they tell you exactly what they is they say if you don't like it turn the fucking movie off you're like okay i get it um bruce leroy 
likes to dress as like a Chinese railway worker. Wait, before we get into that, before we get into that, it's interesting world building, like you said, and I'm glad that you brought this up because I immediately was like, number one, this takes place in the same universe as the Warriors. Like the Warriors live yes. in that New York City, right? For yes. sure. And show enough, I'm glad you is brought up definitely Warriors, yeah. one of the groups that was at that meeting at the beginning of the Warriors, right? But <laughs> when it. you when you <laughs> when you watch the Warriors, when you watch this, it almost feels like one of Marvel or DC's like splintered Earths, where it's like that is Earth, that is New York City, that is Harlem, but it's not the Harlem that I in the same world as I live in. It's close enough. But there's just some small differences. And I feel like that's a really interesting thing. And there's plenty of movies that we can give as examples. But I immediately thought of the Warriors because there's a lot of similarities. But for 100%. sure, it is another universe where, like, in that universe, Kung Fu... And, like, there was a huge swing in the late 70s, early 80s in America of Kung Fu movies and Kung Fu culture, for sure. And this movie is feeding and paying homage and, you know, just rolling in that. But not everybody cared about it. And like there's a scene in the movie where they go see like you're at a movie theater yeah. and people are, are are watching Enter the Dragon and they're saying lines. They're a, a, a fucking breakdance robot dance routine breaks out in the middle of the theater, which seems to agitate most people to the point where someone jumps on the jam box and destroys it. And everyone cheers, then goes back to watching the movie until a fight breaks out. Giant karate fight, kung fu fight with like. 12 guys fighting. And I was like, I've, I don't know if that was ever a thing, but fuck, I would go in a second. Wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> the closest I've ever been is Tommy Wiseau's The Room when you and I went. <laughs> that pales in comparison. I want to go to this kung fu theater right now. So that was actually filmed in some weird porno theater. So those seats were sticky. Um, For sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, Bruce Leroy walks around dressed in like, traditional Chinese clothes, which gets him lots of ridicule. He's sitting here watching this movie quietly while everybody else is losing their mind, and he's eating popcorn with <laughs> chopsticks. <laughs> wow. And then, like, in the middle of the movie... Awesome. So, he, you know, aesthetically, he is Bruce Lee this whole movie, right? Yes. Like, all yeah. of his costumes are homages or direct pulls from Bruce Lee characters and Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. It was okay when Bruce Lee did it, because it was a little bit earlier. It was in China, like they filmed these things in Asia, and Bruce Lee was Asian. And some of the movies took place earlier than they were actually yeah, they filmed. Were period pieces, so right? it didn't look that <laughs> odd. Right. It didn't look that odd when Bruce Lee was in those costumes. In quote unquote contemporary Harlem, New York City, you have a black man wearing a giant flat sun hat big raven hat yeah yeah and the 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 neon blue or not the neon blue the the navy blue pajamas with like the the you know tabby boots you're like well i guess you're doing it with a full heart so it's not racist but ooh, i don't know what you call it well here's the question for quite a bit of this movie there are a lot of um subversion of racial expectations yeah three Asian gentlemen who we meet later and they act like Jive brothers. Like they're yes. literally doing it, man. Give me some skin. Let's play some dice, man. We should smoke some herb, man. And they're like doing this whole like Jive brother thing, but they're Asian. And then the black guy is doing this Asian thing. And like everybody's kind of subverting the racial stereotypes. And you're like, and those three black Asian guys make 
fun of him for being Chinese or being Asian, and they're doing a mock Asian accent. Yeah, and you're like, I'm so confused. I, like, <laughs> it's like talk about a different universe, but it's it's an interesting thing. I don't. Do you think that was done as a commentary, or do you think they were just like, let's just move everybody's race one step to the right, but keep <laughs> everything else, including the dialogue, the same as it would have been? You know, right? Okay, like. Black guys are now Asian guys. Asian guys are now black guys. Italian yeah. guys are now these guys. You're like, whoa. Well, that's the other. Yeah, the black guy owns the pizza shop. Point your feet towards Daddy Green's pizza. Um, so they're pizza, watching this pizza. movie. Point your pizza. Point your pizza to Daddy Green's pizza. So they're watching this movie, and all of a sudden, there's another interruption besides the break dancers. A big interruption. All these guys come in. They're like, "Who's the baddest? Who's the baddest?" And the greatest villain I have ever seen grace the screen <laughs> appears in all his shoulder padded glory. It is Shonuff, the Shogun of Harlem. And this guy, oh my God, he's like, I have one question. Who's the baddest? And all his little lackeys are like, Shonuff, I only have one question. Who told you to act that way? But <laughs> kudos, you did okay. it. Okay. Now there's, I, I've seen this movie before. The la And me and my friend, Joey Dunn, my best friend from New York, we used to play this in his basement and we'd fight each other. I don't know if we did it on purpose or if we didn't know, but we used to call him show yum, show yum. And one of us would be show yum. And one of us would be Bruce Leroy. And we kick the shit out of each other and ask each other who the master is. And we, we, which we'll get into, but I've seen it before as a kid, I've watched it in college, but in this scene, his lackeys walk down the aisle in formation and then leave a space in the middle and yell out, Who's the man? He comes in, showed up, and he walks in, and who's the baddest? Who's the whatever? Now, before the people walk in, the movie stops, which means somehow he coordinated the movie stopping in the movie house, right? And he walks in and announces his presence and has his everybody talk about how great he is. And part of me, because you know I think I'm amazing, I don't walk into movie theaters like that, but I can respect a man that does. But I'm <laughs> like... Like, what sort of confidence problem does he have that he needs everyone to, like, like call and respond? Who's the baddest? Show you. Who's the best? Show you. And it's like, he does this whole pre. It's great, though. And then the movie starts back up. And I was like, he, he like, he was outside. And he's like, all right, you guys walk down the aisle. You two go and then split. You two go and then split. You two go and then they split. They rehearsed it. And he also, <laughs> he's wearing shoulder pads. He's wearing this giant like cape. Asian inspired shoulder pad cape thing that changes throughout the movie. Oh, it's yes. fucking baller. He calls himself the Shogun of Harlem. Oh, he's so cool. He's so <laughs> fucking cool. And he overacts the shit out of it. This guy doesn't know any Kung Fu. It's obvious, but you know what? I buy it. Um, he's having a great time playing this car character. Um, his lackeys are dressed like World War II fighter planes, like not pilots. Like if there was, if the planes was, themselves. If there was a Broadway show called like Aces High, they, that's the costumes. Like <laughs> they have fighter pilot like caps on and like big targets on their chest and like camo vests on and then like Asian headbands and karate belts and stuff and lots of big hair. Ridiculous. We've got ridiculous. to say what Show Yum had on his face as he walks in the theater. Do you remember? Talk about <laughs> 80s. Show enough had the the blind glasses on the Kanye West glasses, <laughs> yeah. the like slot like horizontal slotted 
sunglasses and there was a tiny little Japanese flag yeah. right in the middle on the nose bridge. And it was like, how 80s are like how 80s are you to just walk in and pull off those fucking sunglasses? It's awesome. And he's like, I'm the baddest motherfucker around. And this little kid's like, no, you're not. Bruce Leroy, kick your ass. And he's like, he's like going to smack this kid around. And then people like come to the kid's defense and they start fighting show enough. And he's punching them and throwing them around, breaking their legs. Well, first he tries to pick a fight with Bruce Leroy. And he won't do it. Yeah. Almost punching him in the face. But he won't do it. And the whole movie, he just keeps trying to start a fight with Bruce Leroy instead of starting a fight with Bruce Leroy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. almost like, like, it'd be one thing if it was a dark side, like side thing where he was trying to make Bruce Leroy start the physical violence. But that's not mentioned. He just wants to fight Bruce Leroy, but won't start the fight. So he's insulting him. He makes him come over there. He's punching near him. <laughs> it's it's hysterical. Yeah, and he won't yeah, fight and the him. theater erupts into a fight, yeah. a giant fight. It's it's ridiculous. And like Bruce Leroy kind of, you know, basically m- embarrasses him, shows him that he's like, nah, you ain't that good. And it's cool. And Bruce Le- Leroy leaves. Then we meet Vanity. She's like, I don't know, a VJ? I don't know. She has this show. <laughs> she has this show. It's that the does- end all be all. And if you cannot be successful in the music business... If your video is not on her show, yeah. there is nothing you could do to be successful if your video is not on her show, right? Which again, they yeah, they set that up like that's that's what you need to be famous. Okay, great, got it. Um, that's the only show in town, <laughs> yeah. the only television show, the one show that everyone watches, and she plays music videos and she hosts and sings and dances and she's singing a song about boners. Not kidding. <laughs> she's like, can you get it up, kid? And then it pans over to all the like the audience dancing. They're all children. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a couple shots of like teens. And then there's a couple shots of kids, kids, kids. to the point where I was almost going to rewind it. But then the next shot was teens and the next shot was kids. And I was like, wait, I was like, maybe I just don't know enough about Harlem live video DJ shows from 1985. <laughs> no. Okay. She's singing the song and I'm like, this is racy. And Kate's like, yep, it's a song about boners. And it pans over to the kids. I was like, and those are children dancing and singing along with it. And I was like, oh, God. And it's like the three kids that turn out to be like secondary stars. It's it's uh, Bruce Leroy's little brother, who is hilarious, and his meatloaf looking mm-hmm. motherfucking friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought the same exact thing. I was like, that little porker had to have been in some other movie, right? <laughs> I can't find it. I can't find him. Um, and, and they're just like in love with vanity. I get it. I get it. But. Um, how sympathetic of you they do this thing where they like pan into the video and then pan out of a tv screen and we're in the office of eddie arcadian the low rent danny devito motherfucker who's the bad guy of this movie eddie arcadian that's like if your name was like billy bank robber like your name was what you did (laughs) eddie arcadian he's almost related to the villain from swamp thing right yes (laughs) dr arcane he's the king he's the king of the arcades okay I, I guess <laughs> Bobby Bank Robber, King of the. He also, Bank and Robert. I literally just remembered slash realized this. They set him up. He's got like a big palooka bodyguard slash heel who yep. is an actor that you've seen in a ton of things, including Goodfellas. They set up this fish tank that has some amorphous thing in it that is like a a, a creature. That like is, you know, going to eat things like you stick something in there, it bubbles, it bubbles, it bubbles, use it once and then never bring it up or explore it or explain it again. Yeah, that's one of the things that pisses me off so much. It's it's uh, what, what is the the 
the rifle, if you show the rifle, you got to use it later. You know what I'm talking about, the plot device. Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's yeah, gun, yeah. It's Chekhov's piranha tank, but with like a mutant piranha that I never get to see. Fuck you guys. <laughs> well, it looks like, did you see, it looks kind of like a, a fluffy feather in the water. You see like it run by the thing one time, the, the side of the glass one time, but like it doesn't, it never is used. You're waiting for it to get used. The only time you get it used is they stick in a, a leg to establish the Chekhov's sea monster yeah. and they pull out the you know the, the pig leg and it's just bones and you're like oh no and then later bruce leroy fights arcane and then he's like he says uh hot heads need cool water to cool them off and sticks his head in and he's like no and then he pulls his head out when it starts bubbling and that's it that's all we use that device for talk about 80s right you have a evil music producer right who is extremely short and non-physically threatening. He's got no hair straight down the middle of his entire head. And he's got a buck. Uh, I, I guess they're trying to make her be a sexy girl, but she looks more like his mom or at least a mom. But she's like this super 80s. Like, I don't know. What would you say? Um, what, what is the? Well, 80s? I read that she was supposed to be modeled after Cindy Lauper, but she yes. looks like a trapper keeper, right? Like her, yes. her entire clothing looks like a trapper keeper. <laughs> that was exactly, yeah, yeah. She she is trying to pull off again Cindy Lauper at a costume party, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's a like it's just a little bit more extreme than real life. You're like, well, it wasn't like this, but we've added these neon orange elements just to really hammer home that this was 1985. And it's like, I just I just Googled Sidney Lopner just to, to see it, and it's like, no, no, they went over the top than this. And she's right. pretty fucking over the top, man. Like, <laughs> she's renowned for over the top, and this one, this lady tops it, and he's like, I need to get you on this show. If I don't get you on this show, well, what, what ha what's his plot? What is his plan? I need I need my muse to be famous. For why? <laughs> you're already the king of arcades. Yeah, you're already you're obviously <laughs> successful. You've done some boxing promoting. That's where you got this big palooka from. Like what what is it that you're trying to what is the plot of this fucking movie? I don't know, but he's like And there's like he comes over and kisses her yeah. and she kisses him and like you're like, "Well, are you actually together or are you using each other or is one of you using each other? And it like, it doesn't necessarily matter because you're not first characters or secondary characters, but also like, like you said, what is anybody's motivation for anything? Like why, why is any of this a, a thing? But that's that whole sequence when they set up this bad guy, this girl, this palooka and this sea monster that we don't get to ever see or utilize. It's just, it also is like a very eighties room. Like, there's an 80s lamp. She literally has an acrylic, uh, uh, like a neon pink acrylic flat square with a hole in the middle holding her ponytail. Like, and you're like, it, 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 she looks like a trapper keeper. Can I tell you, at the beginning of this school year, I bought a trapper keeper for myself and for my friend. Brand new trapper keepers that I found on eBay. <laughs> and um, she works. For, her name is Erin. She works for the Y, like the YMCA. She brings it to meetings. And she said one person this whole year has commented, is that a trapper keeper? That's cool. I have mine at school. It's a fucking trapper keeper, man. And it's got all the geometric designs and shit. Nobody that I work with has been like, get the fuck out. There's a trapper keeper. One person was like, "That's is that an original trapper gear? I was like, yes. She was like, that's awesome. Can I see it? Nobody else. And like every meeting I go to, I'm like, <laughs> fuck, man. It's super cool. 
<laughs> so yeah, she's the living trapper keeper. Eddie Arcadian explains that he's like, I've invited Vanity. I don't know her name in the movie. She's Vanity. I've invited her to come talk to us and we're going to make you a star. And now we cut to William fucking H. Macy. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, come on, Vanity. Yeah, you got to put the video up. He's going to break my fingers. He's going to cut my toes off. He's going to like pull my tongue out. And this I'll, is I'll, a I'll bad guy. You don't yeah. want to say no to him. And, he, and he's begging her, fucking begging her. And like, to me, this is just the prequel to Shameless. Like, this is him before he fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I, I immediately thought it was... Uh, the prequel to Fargo. This is before he opens his used car business. And he's just, you know, because she's like, what are you in bed with this guy for? And you're like, who even are you? I don't care what you're in bed for. What? What's your name? He's, a, he's her manager or something. She's like, nah, I'm good. And he's like, oh, they're going to they're going to like p- put my feet in concrete and throw me over a bridge. Uh, you're like, These Jesus are bad people. Christ. Jesus Christ, dude. Call the cops. So she says, <laughs> she no, says she tells him she says no and like walks home, which you're like smart. And of course, <laughs> she gets jumped, and these bad guys try to like put her in a car. But guess who's there? It's fucking Bruce Leroy, and he kicks their asses. It's fucking cool. But she and did you notice who the driver was? No, who was it? Chaz Palminteri from. I mean, he was in a Bronx Tale. He's the voice of Fat Tony on The Simpsons. He is like a mobster's mobster. Apparently, this was his second movie or so. Okay, but okay. He's, he's got a very raspy voice. You know him when you see him. He's been in a shit ton of stuff. He's just driving this car. He gets his ass kicked. And then Bruce Leroy throws him half through an open car window, which he then stands up and looks around like, how oh, did I get here? How did I get here? <laughs> um, Vanity holds her own, though. She, she you know, yeah. if it wasn't like... Th- Four on one. I think she could have taken him. Yeah. Um, but Bruce Leroy kicks her ass and is like, oh, thank you so much. And like walks away, like bowing to her. And she's like, that guy's cute. And you're like, yeah. She's like, I'm going to corrupt what? the shit out of that guy. Yeah. He leaves behind his like magical metal that he was supposed to carry with him. Way to go, dumbass. The one thing. And she picks it up and takes off. And then like we get a bunch of exposition. The movie gets a little slow, but not too bad because you got his little brother being this hilarious little kid who's like, I'm going to get a date with Vanity. It yeah, he's like little so leisure hot. suit Larry is how yeah. I was thinking. He's just yeah. like this little hot kid. He's just like, and he continues to make fun of his older brother for not being able to get a boner and not jerking off and not having yeah. sex. He's like, he's you like, wouldn't even know. He multiple times mentions, you wouldn't even know what to do with it if you got it. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you haven't been using your equipment, he says. He equates it to dancing. He's like, you know the song, but you don't even know the moves. You ain't got no moves. And like Bruce Leroy is like, oh, man, you're right. And they're working at this pizza place, Daddy Green's Pizza Parlor. And Bruce Leroy is like looking around town trying to find this this like kung fu master. And he meets the three jive talking fortune cookie salesmen who work at some dumb guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This movie is just like borderline racist the whole time but you want to be like is it racist when three asian guys are pretending to be stereotypes of you know street black guys and they are making fun of a street asian guy in mock asian accents even though they're asian you're like i don't understand if that's right it's too many feedback loops for me to realize if that's actually offensive to anybody and like i'm out of the game i'm like a white guy who was born that's what i was gonna say so to us yes it is yes for us it is we can't i like me just having my hair up like this and like saying that i want to be shown up people like is he being racist right now it's like no no This is an appropriate Halloween costume. No, it's like it is, but it it is, but they can get away with it because 
again, they're all they're all the race that they're making fun of or trying that, you know, I don't know. The movie gets away with it because they're they, you know, we couldn't do it. If it was white guys, sure. I would be. just be like, if I if anyone questioned me and I was the filmmaker, I'd be like, it's a different universe. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> that's how it's, Asian guys talk. That's how black people talk. It's fucking ridiculous, but I love it. it I'm having so much fun with it. Um, Bruce Leroy has like the school where all these kids like suck at Kung Fu. Um <laughs> One kid makes it his motto to literally run around and run away from fights and pretend to do karate. Yeah. It's like, you are at the school. Couldn't you, like, learn some shit? Um, so they're at the school and fucking Shonuff shows up. Shonuff. And he's like, fight me. And Bruce Lee is like, no, I'm not going to fight you. It's like, fucking fight me. And he's like, no, I'm not going to fight you. And he's like, kiss my converse. <laughs> Who's the master? <laughs> and, like, so that they don't beat up his students um, he like bends down to kiss his fucking shoes, which is like just punch the shit out of this dude once. Um, and he kicks him, right? Doesn't Shonov kick him, and also the, the one of the one of Shonov's girls kicks him. Oh yeah, hits they're, him because she's pretending up. to punch him, and a girl's taking turns saying witty insults while punching near him, and also being racist about Chinese people who he is not Chinese, and yeah. punching near him, and then finally one punches him, and he looks at her. But then he doesn't do it. Doesn't do anything. And um, his school like respects him for not fighting, but at the same time gives him a bad reputation because then Shonuff goes and beats up the pizza parlor and like smashes up the pizza parlor that his dad works at, which is mean, you know, what is my favorite part of that is he smashes, he smashes into a table and the table breaks in half and his dad goes, oh my God, I'm a table. (laughs) (laughs) And he says it just like that. And I like, that's the part I remember most from college because he says it like the table itself had value. Oh my God, I'm a table. <laughs> not not, not the table. He even breaks to a video game machine later and he's like, that's not mine. I don't own that. <laughs> yeah. It's Eddie Arcadians who, uh, you know, we smell this team up coming a mile away. Uh, one of the kids in uh, Bruce Leroy's school is um, later goes on to become a pizza boy for a yes. movie. Um, Fighting yeah. with other ninjas. Yeah. Ernie. Reece I didn't realize Jr. that to the end. Ernie Reese Jr. is this little kid who actually does some pretty cool karate stuff. You can also see him in Red Sonia, Surf Ninjas, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, fucking two, the two, secret two, of use. Secret of use. Fucking cool. Um, he's he's a fun part of the movie. Uh, so you know the plot progresses. Ernie Arcadian and his his goons keep threatening Bruce Leroy. Shonuff keeps threatening Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy is like. He, he meets Vanity and she's like, I want you to be my bodyguard. And he's like, I don't know anything about women. Blah, and like, just like, <laughs> it's just hapless. Um, pisses off his little brother who's like, man, I wanted to date her. And it's like, dude, you're 14. What is going on here? As we mentioned, she is like, I'm going to bone this ninja guy. <laughs> and you can see it in her eyes. She has yeah. made it her mission to just sexually destroy this guy <laughs> he's like for a friend can you teach me some dance moves uh, <laughs> wink and she's like dance moves huh and he's like yeah and he, she's like oh i get you so like we said she brings him to her like video place and plays bruce lee to turn him on and he's like oh yeah Bruce Lee, uh, uh, and like gets horned up over this. Bruce well, the Lee best part is they're standing on this giant dance floor, watching like you know, eventually what would actually be like a super villain layer TV, right, with yeah. multiple TVs together, and they're watching like she must have made like the supercut of Bruce Lee movies, and while watching it, he's look, you know, there's reaction shots, and you it cuts to him, and he's watching it, and he moves his hands around, and he's like, Whoa. 
And I was like, can you imagine? Like, that's like you or I bringing a girl back to our house to watch Star Wars because we knew she'd get turned on. And while watching it, she was like, (laughs) I don't know if that would... Like, even if she was hot and I was into it, I knew it was going to happen. I don't know if the the physical and sound effects would get me to the point of sexual turn on that I was hoping for. This is also like this movie's PG-13. The version of this that also exists is where like she is behind him with her clothes off, just waiting for him to turn around. And he never does. <laughs> He's just and like the movie ends and he turns around. And she's got her clothes like back on. She's just like reading a book and she's like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, we got to go. Let's get out of here. It's like she stood there for 20 minutes, like <laughs> naked, just waiting for him to turn around. No, that didn't happen in the movie. But his brother saw them kiss and he soup pissed up. Eddie Arcadia and the goons show up and they kidnap her and the little brother. Kidnap fest. Yeah, they kidnap everybody. And he's like, I'm going to play my crappy girlfriend's music video. At this point, I'm like, I don't understand your plot. He's like, you embarrassed me. So I'm going to, I'm going to like, you know, Im- you know, kill you, I guess. So he but this is with- again, like a super eighties yeah. um, narrative, right? Where it's yeah. like some weird, seemingly meaningless event that the bad guys just won't let go of, right? Like, yeah. we're closing down this ski school. We're not going to let you roller skate here. You know, like, whatever the fucking thing is, it's like this thing that, like, someone is being evil about. You know, like Roadhouse. I, I'm not going to let you be a bouncer here. <laughs> what the fuck do you care who's not allowing people in a honky-tonk bar? How evil do you have to be to make that a mission? You know, but it gets to the point where the culmination of the movie is all be- it's, it's a snowball because of this one thing that like. So there's no other shows in Harlem that you could have gone to. And also is the Harlem is the live Harlem video show have the same demographic as your Cindy Lauper esque girlfriend? Like it, it like that's the music that those kids wanted to listen to. Also, what is like, what's arcades that play the show? Just put the <laughs> yeah. video on the arcades. Just put the video out. Like, but no, that's not how 80s villains think. Right. And the fact that it's musical related just is another 80s thing. Right. There's so many like Buckaroo, Buckaroo Banzai, all those show, all those movies and shows that just randomly have. There's a couple flat out musical numbers in here, both of Vanity and just in general that we watch two or three music videos that of people who aren't in the movie otherwise in this in this movie, in this show. It's such a musical heavy plot and narrative, which I think is a very big 80s convention to begin with, right? We, we almost watch an entire music video for Rhythm of the Night or whatever it is. You know, like, yeah, no, <laughs> it goes on for a long time, like to the point where they're like, and pause the You're like, movie. oh, they're going to come in and save the day, right? No, yeah. That's, like, this is because Chekhov's music of the night, Rhythm of the Night. <laughs> rhythm of the Night, yeah. This is, this is the music of the night is fucking. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. And and like we said, somewhere in there, Bruce Leroy goes and like literally embarrasses Eddie Arcadian in his hideout, kicking his ass, almost putting him in the piranha tank or whatever the monster thing is. Dressed like a ninja, right? And they're like, we didn't, the guy, the Arcadian goes, we didn't order takeout. And you're like, what's, what awesome universe do you have where your Uber drivers or your, your Grubhub is dressed up like ninjas, right? Ninjas. Then he grabs him and he's like, he's like, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to make it my mission to destroy you. And then he pulls off Leroy's mask and Leroy looks surprised like, oh, I didn't think you I didn't think you'd do that. 
it's it's amazing uh the whole time something that we kind of glossed over like we said he's looking for this glow this like when he reaches the harmony of his power of a kung fu master he will literally glow apparently is what he's doing so yeah Obviously, he hasn't glown yet, and we're we're waiting for it. I was expecting him to get laid and start like, glowing. <laughs> no, that didn't happen either. Um, we don't even see that fun part. So he's like, <laughs> he's like, I gotta go. I gotta go save my brother, save my girlfriend, beat Eddie Arcadian, who now is crazy too. Like before, he was like, I'm a villain, right. I'm a cartoon villain. Now he's like, I'm a crazy cartoon villain. So like, he's over the top. He's like twitching and like. They do like this, like Joker killing joke thing. Because like, now it's face. like he's not trying to get the video. Oh, because then we have this this yeah. huge shift where she, where Cindy Lauper has this crying scene where she's like, "My tits can't," you know, something. He's like, "What are you going to make a living off your tits?" And she's like, "Well, now you're not going to make a living off my tits." And she realizes <laughs> that he's evil and has been using her. And yeah. it's like a very, I mean, more or less heartfelt scene that is extremely out of place. For many reasons. One, we don't really know her as a character. We saw her try to get vanity out of trouble with no explanation for her motivations. Um, and now she's so she's like a relatable character, I guess, and is not evil. But now she realizes that he's bad news and is trying to get out. And she kind of shows him up when she realizes none of this is going to look. She also has this change of heart when she realizes that she's not going to have this video career. Right. Yeah. It's not like the video got played. She becomes a billionaire and it's like, all right, oh. now I'll save you. Also, that video, hysterical. It's like, I found your dirty magazines under your bed. Do, 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 do. And you're like. <laughs> yeah, I'm dating a dirty boy or I found your magazines and shit. Yeah. And it's. It, uh, but like, there's this really weird heartfelt scene where she's like, no, I'm out of here. And that and the good guys doing shit make uh, Arcadia. Now he is not just trying to succeed in being evil. Now he's crazy revenge, right? Yeah. Now he's just as like, ah, Super I'll take everyone yeah. down with me. Yeah, he takes over the club and his face is on all the screens. He's like, ah, ha, And you're like, <laughs> okay. Um, Bruce Leroy, before going on this like rescue mission, locks his best students in a closet because they're like, no, you can't follow me. You'll die. So he locks them in a closet and uh, the pizza boy from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 2, Secret of the Ooze, saves him. Um, also at that point when the kid saves him, you're like, wait, have you been in this movie the whole time? Are you sure? Cause I don't think he's in the kiss my converse scene. <laughs> it, the little kid. Yeah. The kid who was afraid. He said no. Cause there no, was no, a no. whole scene. The little kid, the little ninja kid from surf ninjas was not in the movie until that moment near the end of the film. I the agree. At least if he was in it, he didn't say anything. No, they don't make a point of being like, and here's this funny kid who's actually good at coming. Right. They don't, yes. it, it, they don't introduce him at all. He just, unlocks the cabinet and gets the scaredy cat out <laughs> and they go yeah. to save bruce leroy we've seen that eddie arcadian is hiring like these bad dudes they're like mad dogs and he's like show me something and he like bites through a post the guy with the handlebar mustache who like smashes his desk is the nazi from indiana jones who gets cut up in the plane in the first indiana jones movie mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i knew he looked familiar i didn't know what it was he's but the nice. stunt coordinator for <laughs> indiana jones movies he's also the thuggy mm. in the second movie who gets sucked into the rock crusher <laughs> didn't know that was the same guy <laughs> so yeah uh eddie arcadian's hiring these bad bad dudes and blue Sirius goes to the club to save his brother in vanity and eddie arcadian's doing this weird like joker thing and then all these bad guys show up 
and they're like kicking his ass and then his school shows up and it's just just all out brawl and the little kids kicking ass even the scary Melee. cat guy is kicking ass everybody's just kicking ass it's it's kind of a fun scene it's a fun scene they're on the dance floor the music videos playing it's in the super background. fun yeah super fun um but it goes on you know way too long if it wasn't an 80s movie so it's just right um and and if you look there's multiple times where like the two principals are fighting in the foreground and they're talking and i've i looked in the background at one point and there was a student from the school over a fallen bad guy just like this and like they're literally just like looking at each other and then they look back at the camera slash action they look at each other but they're not doing anything like they're they're just statically standing there like hey dude we're we're on camera (laughs) should we be doing something right now i thought we were off camera no, no, no. The but the director I, I, just said to punch you once. I, I can did see it. the camera. Like it's looking. I can see it. We should do, we should do something. What should we do? Just don't don't move. Don't don't move. Don't move. They'll call cut. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's and it looks like that for sure. Uh, 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 uh. So they end up in a different part of the place. It's like some warehouse. It's Eddie Arcadian with a gun. Show enough shows up and he's kicking Bruce Leroy's ass. Yeah, uh, Eddie Arcadian's threatening vanity. The the little brothers like trapped behind a gate. And it's the final showdown between Shownuff and Bruce Leroy. And Shownuff starts kicking his ass. And Shownuff starts glowing. Oh, no! Ah! Red Bruce, glowing. The red glow. glow. Yeah, the evil glow. And Bruce Leroy's getting his ass kicked. And Shownuff grabs Bruce Leroy. He's putting his head in this water bucket. And he's like drowning him. And they're like, oh, my God, no. Who's the master? Who's the master? He keeps saying it. Oh, that's it. Like, he's like, you can ad lib. Who's that's the master? That's what Joey Dunn used to say. Who's the master? master? And he's like, you can ad lib. And the director's like, you know, ad lib means try other things. Who's the master? Like, no, no. Like something else. Like, who's the baddest? Different words. (laughs) Like, use different words. And then he just, no. But he's, oh, so awesome. So Bruce Leroy comes out of the water with this big smile on his face. And he's like, you've shown me. And he starts glowing too. Gold glow. And it's a glow fight. And they're punching each other. Who's the master? I am. I am. Yes. And he starts glowing and he starts punching each other. But when they punch each other, sparks are flying everywhere. Yeah. But and it's like, all rotoscoped, right? <laughs> all rotoscoped sparks and glow, which again, <laughs> how much more fucking 80s can you get than a glowy punch, glowy spark fight I in an 80s warehouse, right? There are only two movies with more rotoscope than this. It's the end of Hellraiser and Tron. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. awesome it's awesome and then it has one of the best like so the, and, and not only is that 80s but it keeps cutting to the bad movie uh, music mogul with a gun to vanity's head which just is just i mean no one's even looking at you bro you could put the gun down for like no one you're not involved with this right now you could have literally walked up and shot yeah. in the face yeah or fucking left right but no so Bruce Lee kicks the shit out of Show Nuff. Beats Show Show Yum. (laughs) Beats Show Yum. And then Eddie Arcadian's like, that was cool, but I got one more thing for you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a Chekhov's bullet catch because in the theater, in the porno theater, the porno uh, Bruce Lee porno theater, Show Nuff says, what is this bullshit I hear about you being able to catch a bullet in your teeth? Even though nobody in the rest of the movie is really talking much about uh, Bruce Leroy, like that's never alluded to or made a big deal. But they do say that at the beginning of the movie that you could catch a bullet. What's this? I've heard that you could catch a bullet in your teeth. Yeah. And then at the end, he gets shot in the face and he turns and he opens his eyes and he smiles. It's not even played out. 
he just immediately opens his eyes and he's got a bullet in his teeth. So fucking cool. <laughs> and the cops show up and they arrest Eddie Arcadian. But and... then uh, Arcadia shoots him again in the stomach. <laughs> and the movie had roll credits. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at the end, Bruce Leroy gets the girl, Vanity. He doesn't get shot in the stomach. It's it's all good. Uh, he and his brother are cool, I guess. His belly button catches it. <laughs> um, I just watched this movie, uh, Clan of the White Lotus, where the bad guy, um, Pai Mei's twin brother, um, has like magic balls and he can like kick people's ass with his balls. So people try to do like a tiger claw to his nuts and he grabs their hand and they're like, ah, ah and he's like, ha, 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 and then he karate chops him a bunch. But yeah, Pai Mei has magical balls, which is, I feel awesome. like that's a super awesome thing, but would only come into really good play in a small amount of the time. Right. I mean, if somebody tries to kick you in the nuts and you're like, ha, caught it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been in like a kung fu fight though, so I don't know how often the nut oh. kick is applied. Clan of the White Lotus. It's on Amazon. It it's amazing. It is. Oh, that one's awesome. Yeah, a lot a lot of trying to kick this guy in the balls, and he's just like, I would think so. <laughs> Got him. See, that's a, also a slightly different universe. It's almost like the 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 lower version of the Highlander universe. Like Highlander, you gotta cut the head off. That universe, the White Lotus, you gotta kick in the balls. You have to hit between the legs. Yeah. that's where you gotta go for that one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, my God. So, yeah, fucking... Uh, this is a... De- I would say for sure watch this. Even though I don't think I have as big a boner for it as you, I think it's funny as shit, and it would be great for shitty movie. I love any movie that has the purity. Like, you know... Yeah, I agree. I agree. Miami Connection is so pure, and Last Dragon... So, they, they honestly thought they were making the best kung fu movie ever. Like, they really thought they were doing something amazing. But, like, at the same time, like... They knew that they were drawing from black exploitation and kung fu and stuff like that. So it's like they rode the line perfectly. Like I can't tell if they. No, I think it was done with love to the point. Like they didn't think they didn't think black exploitation movies or kung fu movies were funny. They thought they were both cool genres. Yeah, and I think I think that they thought this movie was marrying those two together in a really fun, cool way. I don't think they were going to be like, this is going to be kooky shit that's going to be midnight showings. I don't think they thought that at all. It's, it's wild. Like, well, because like, it's like... It came out of flops, right? Yeah. The, uh, no, it got $33 million off of 10 Yeah, but they said it was, it was, not, it was not a success. I don't think... I, I think this is a gold star for me because of its purity. It's so honest. It tried so goddamn hard. I think... So, Ty Matt and Vanity, Bruce Leroy and, and the Vanity character, um, they were making a different movie. Than each other? No, no, no. They were in the... Okay, let, let me rephrase that. Time Out and Vanity were in the same movie. Everyone else was in a different movie. Yeah. They were... So they they played it so... Like, those characters are so honest, where everybody else is this over-the-top comic book. So, like, they just were kind of, like, inserted into this world, and this is what how they reacted to it, which is so funny to me. That makes sense. And, it like, you think about... Like, I felt the same way about Superman Returns with Kevin Spacey being, like, crazy Lex Luthor! And then, yeah. like... Superman was like, oh, I'm brooding, and it's this is a serious movie, and Lex Luthor. You're like, what? Yeah, that's, yeah, right. That's how this felt, and like, it's like there was, it, it's it was a they weird were in a comic book yeah. thing. It's so creepy. yeah, it was very comic book. You're right. Comic book is a good way to say it. That's that universe, right? It was oh, dancing and dancing and karateing in the karate theater, but Bruce Leroy's like, no, I'm above this. Even this scene, I'm just gonna walk out gingerly. And it's like, other than his costumes. <laughs> That he he didn't know he was in the comic book. He didn't know he had walked into a comic book. I think that's interesting. But I love that, and I and I it just made me happy. It just it's just a, a joyful film where you're just like, 
no, there's nothing offensive. It's not super violent. It's you know, it's good. Well, it's <laughs> really. There's nothing on, on purpose offensive. It's not real bad language or anything. There's not a lot of sex. Well, um, there, you know, the and even like the the bizarre racial stuff isn't the worst cringy we've seen in movies recently. Where it's like, sure, you know, there's no homophobic slurs randomly. There there is a lot of like sort of Asian and black borderline but at the same time it's like yeah but everybody seems okay with it and even the people making it seem to be aware that it's not the most offensive you could be so uh, i guess <laughs> and it also was like uh i think about the movie because like i said i saw this growing up i think i probably had it on vhs i'm thinking about really? all the you had this that early i might have i'd have to look and see in my lists because i have lists of it my dad gave away all my shit but i have it I have a list. Um, I definitely have it on. I, I'm pretty sure I have it on DVD. But all the cover art and all the posters I've seen for it are very generic. There's yeah. not really anything that delineate, delineates it from this version or this version of anything else. But I read that some of the earlier posters had this text on it. It said, he's a martial arts master who refuses to fight. He's a Bruce Lee fan who's so sure he's oriental that he eats popcorn with chopsticks. Their words, His not ours. Their words, not ours. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. His friends think he's too serious. His family thinks he's crazy. His enemies think he's no challenge. But he knows he's the last dragon, which I think is pretty fucking cool. But like it, it, it also, even that, first of all, it's a lot of fucking text. Like, I could see if that's the for back the, of the box, for but the for a movie poster, that's the front. Yeah. It's like, and then there's a picture of him just like peeking around the. Yeah. Desk, like, Hi, I'm here too. Um, but it's you know it, it it almost is like how do you market that? Because even if this even if even if what appears on screen is the director and the producer's vision, who are you selling that to, and how are you marketing that? They right? might as well just put a picture of Bruce Lee on there because a lot of movies did and like sold it. Yeah. And you're like, and Bruce Lee's in this movie, right? And you're like, wait, Bruce Lee's not in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. And you, it's funny. You, you mentioned um, at the end, well, at the end of the movie, Ernie Reese Jr. Who plays Kino in um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. He comes in and when, if you, no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Secret of the Ooze as much as I do. He has a pretty specific fighting, fighting style and stance. And also, he's got a pretty big smile the entire time. Oh, he's having and the he's best. energetic. His bo body is bouncing in Ninja Turtles 2. And I watched this scene at the end of the movie where they have this big melee fight. And he comes in. He's a little kid fighting a grown man who actually is Ernie Reese Sr., his dad. They have an amazingly choreographed fight where he's flipping all over the place. He's got a little kid Bob haircut, Wait, and he's just having a great time. It's actually his dad? Yeah, who was a stunt coordinator. What I read, yes. Uh, but when you watch it, it's one of the best fights in the movie, and they do keep cutting back to it. It happens in the background a little bit, but they have a couple really nice hero shots of different angles of this fight. And he's an adorable little kid. He's smiling as he's fighting, and he kicks the dad in the chin and flips over him. And I was like... That's the guy from Teenage. Like I didn't even have to look it up. I was like, "That's the kid from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too, for sure." See, and I recognized him. Like smiles. I recognized him from Surf Ninjas before I recognized him from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was fun. Because mm. that he, but it, I think that's good. super cool. It's a fun little fight, and he's just boing, boing, boing. He's like a little, a little happy little spring. He's having a great time, and in. When I watched it, I was like, this is the best choreography of the movie. Yes. Makes sense far. if his dad was the f a fight choreographer 
And it was a father and son fight because you could train extra time and everything. But it was like so cool. And it was like, like you said, they didn't even introduce that character earlier because when Shonuff comes to the dojo that he's at, that would have been a great time to have a little thing with that kid, right? A hundred percent. He's not there. I had to to check it. It's like they found him later in in the process. They're making clearly the that's what happened. Right? They're making the movie, and somebody's like, "Dude, we got this father son fight team, and they're fucking dope." And they're like, "Put him in the movie!" And so suddenly <laughs> he's like a main character at the end, where he's like, "Yeah!" And you're like, "Wait, who the fuck is yeah. this kid?" And he's adorable. He has great screen presence. I would almost say it's worth watching the movie just to get to that point and be like, "Look at that cute little guy flipping all over!" Man, he's kicking ass. So yeah, I, I this is definitely a gold star for me. I I can't like. And it's also um, palpable. This isn't like gold star shitty movie in the sense that it's like, you know. Only me and you will like it. Yes, exactly. Like you and I have like a like a jazz level taste for shitty <laughs> movies someday. It's like Thelonious Monk's later, right. later albums. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I think like it is accessible. It's a certainly an acquired taste. I don't know who has acquired it, but. Um, but I think if like you I think it's somebody, shitty movie, a group would watch this, and I think like, like Amanda would like it. Yes, exactly, exactly. If my wife was like, "That was super fun," you know that it's a good shitty right. movie. Um, and it's like, because like she has a good tolerance for it now, but she'll tell you when a shitty movie shit. She'll tell right. you when it's like that's not even redeemably fun. Um, so it's like her 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 palette for it is is expanding but when she's like i actually really like that movie you're like this is a good one and i think yeah you show it to people and you're like it's not good but you're gonna have a good time and they understand that they're gonna have a great time yeah, great yeah, time. yeah. this is this is a fun it's one interesting so. well i would love to hear listeners guys check this movie out if you have first of all if you've seen it let us know what you like let us know what you didn't like but if you haven't seen it let us know how this is one of those ones where we would love to hear from you guys to hear what's your thoughts on this yeah train wreck this wonderful train wreck of Delightful. things <laughs> Um, super good. Uh, like I said, this summer I want to do a, um, gold star shitty movie, sort of like a couple episodes where we pick some of our favorites. I like that. Like, yeah. I, I feel like we'd be ripe for choice too. I think yeah. we'd have plenty of things to choose Cause from. Cause I'm going to put Miami connection on there. I have a whole, I have a list of ones that I'm like, these are, these are the ones that I love showing people and everybody's like, this is so fun. It's terrible, mm-hmm. but I love it. Like the ones that we would like when someone would come to shitty movie for the first time and that movie got in, you're like, Awesome. Yeah. You're, I, I don't know anything about you, but you're going to love this movie because it's just yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. for this. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm on board. I'll start writing a list. Remember when we watched Necromantic? <laughs> oh. That is not a gold star. Oh. That is that is the that's basement the cut jazz of like. Yeah. 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 Only ends yeah. with a guy having a giant and I mean giant orgasm with a giant fake penis that. Is squirting cum everywhere and, and then blood. turns to blood. <laughs> turns it turns to blood. from cum to blood in the same shot. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. one of those movies that I watched one time and I don't, I have it on DVD because someone gave it to me as a, a birthday or a Christmas present. And that's why we watched it. But like that, that, I watched it once and I was like, I don't know that I ever need to see that again. We watched it once with a group of people. Yeah. It was a in shitty f- movie Sunday. I saw that movie in <laughs> front of others. <laughs> <laughs> isn't he like jerking off while doing like harry carry yes yes it's, it's it's suicide it's a suicide orgasm it is the he also kills a bunny on camera doesn't he in that movie something better not happen to that bunny yeah. <laughs> that was you who said that right no it's barry but it has stuck with me forever and and i use that line all the time when you see something i forgot about that like a dog or an animal come on screen and you're like 
something better not happen to that bunny. No, the bunny wasn't coming. The guy was coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, the bunny, the bunny, like, yeah, they they bring the bunny and you're like, oh, this isn't going to end well. I don't think it was real, though. I think the, the bunny death was at least fake. I don't think that. I think that it go into a bag and he hit it with a, a bat or something. I don't know. I, I don't I don't think it was real. All right, everyone Google Bunny come and see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. Watch watch Last Dragon first. Don't, like, go, don't jump straight to Necromantic. <laughs> oh, I know there's I know there's a couple listeners who are like, oh my favorite film. <laughs> Yeah, tell us if you think that bunny shit was real. <laughs> oh my god! Merk. All right, this has been fun, guys. Uh, let us know social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod on our website, launchpadpod.com. Till next time, we're the Rocketeers. Let's blast this thing off. <laughs> Apologize for the stream being so choppy. I think we froze a whole bunch, but uh, hopefully, we'll make it work. We yeah, there was a delay guys. too, for sure. Yeah, there's a couple delays. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a <laughs> no, turtle. I mean, there was a delay of like I would say something, and then I'd see you keep talking, and then you'd be like, <laughs> "I think we worked it out." But there was also a delay no, for turtles. Fine. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> till next time, we're the Rocketeers, and we're out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, 